0: real Italian flavors are fresh, authentic, and never come in a bag, like Carando Premium Meatballs. Our savored meatballs are made from 100% pork and blended with zest Italian herbs, spices and cheeses, delivering that perfect balance of fresh flavor you crave. From mozzarella rustica to cheesy abruzzese to spicy Sicilian, you'll find Carando Meatballs in the refrigerated meat section of your grocer. Carando. Life is delicious. Savor it. For recipes and more, visit carando.com. The Big Bark, listen up
1: dog owners, it's for you, all you canine lovers, it's your favourite podcast, The Big Bark, with your host, Dara Burke, and canine co-hosts, Bruno, and Millie, The Big Bark. Hello and a big welcome to another episode of The Big Bark Podcast, Ireland's favourite canine podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Burke, and I'm joined, as always, by my wonderful canine co-hosts, Bruno and Millie. Now, first of all, this one, I want to take the opportunity to thank everyone for tuning in last week. Uh, the first episode of our summer series, which was all about the Dogitude Festival that's coming up, it's become one of our highest rated and downloaded episodes to date. We have over 8,000 downloads so far on that, so I'm absolutely delighted with that. We'll be chatting with Paddy from Causey Farm again uh, next week in the run-up to Doggertude just to get a little update on if there's anything else added and to remind people about what's actually happening on the day. Now don't forget our competition to win tickets for Doggertude is still running over on Instagram and that runs up until Friday, uh, this Friday coming, and you have a chance to win four tickets to Doggertude so get on over and check it out. Now, back to today's show. Coming up a bit later on, we'll be chatting with Vet Ron O'Neill from Tricky Vets in our health hub about the different ways summer and everything that goes with summer, such as like pollen, bees, swimming, anything like that can affect your dog. We'll be checking in our news desk with the latest news in the canine world. And we'll be telling you which venue is our dog-friendly business of the week. And we'll give you some details on how your pup can become the big bark dog of the week. We'll also be chatting a bit later on about the importance of teaching families with children to train their dogs so the dogs and children can live side by side and can learn to respect one another and particularly one another's space. Now, Debbie Loken, the founder of Kids Around Dogs, has signed a successful protocol to overcome the fear of dogs and kids and has built kids around dogs to help children and help dogs live in harmony together. Now, Debbie joins us now as this week's co-host. Debbie, a big welcome to The Big Bar. Thanks for joining me today.
2: Hi, thank you so much for having me.
1: No problem. So, Debbie, we'll be chatting a bit later on about the importance of training so that dogs and children can live together and get along together. But first of all, would you like to give our listeners a bit of background on you?
2: Yes, of course. So um, I'm actually originally from Switzerland, but I've uh, lived in the UK almost 20 years now, and I'm based in Dorset Pool. I'm a qualified dog trainer with the uh, IMDT and a behaviorist with the ISCB. I'm part of a few uh, associations, uh, such as the Dog Welfare Alliance, the ICANN, PPG, PPN, (laughs) all those... uh, all those companies, and uh, um, I have uh, I have a daughter who's ten years old. Uh, and when she um, when she was a bit younger, and she started having friends over, um, uh, she brought those friends over, and I realized how there were um, uh, a lot of children who were scared of dogs, very scared of dogs so much that they would climb on their parents or. Try to get away, try to run away, screaming. Um, and they were fully aware that dogs would be in the house when visiting. Yet yeah, they would they'd be happy to come. And then once they realized um, that actually a dog was really there, <laughs> they couldn't quite cope with it. Um, and then I also saw the other side of things. There were children that were, well, way too confident around dogs. Um, They were on our dogs' faces, they were were trying to even um, uh, ride one of our dogs. So it was um, was the polar opposite of the uh, children who were scared of dogs. So I started looking around to try and find a solution to help help children, to make sure that they knew how to be around dogs and how um, how to understand them and how to not fear them and I realized there was uh, nothing in the UK for, uh, for this issue. And so I uh, started Kids Around Dogs and now we are successfully helping uh, children all over the country um, to, to be um, happy around dogs and to make sure that the dogs are happy around children as well. Um, so that's, uh, that's us. <laughs>
1: That's fantastic. And it's all been going, it's all been going well for you. Uh, How was everything, I suppose, during COVID? I'd say there was a lot of adjustment there.
2: Actually, um, for as horrible as as COVID has been and still is, um, it actually provided a way of of having to um, get more in touch with the rest of the world, if you like. Um, has um, almost made people uh, do more online things. And that, I think, has helped uh, Kids Around Dogs to reach out to other parts of the countries. We have some members in Ireland as well and Canada in the US. Um, and, uh, and I think that maybe without COVID, um, we wouldn't have been able to, to have so many people uh, join us online. Uh, All our courses are done online um, and uh, the Protocol to Overcome the Fear of Dogs is is also actually seven online sessions um, to teach children uh, around dogs and to help them through um, little games and um, uh, get them more familiar with dogs without being confronted with them just yet. And then we also have face-to-face sessions. Overall, COVID, um, if anything, might even help us to, to you know, to grow and be where we are now.
1: That's brilliant. Okay. So we're going to come back a little bit later on to how, like, dogs and children get along together. And we're going to talk a bit more about you with that later on. Now, first of all, we're going to go over to the newsroom and we're going to get our, well, A segment called The Weird and the Wonderful. So, just a moment, and I hope I have the right sound effect here. Okay. Alright, so this is the segment where we look up, I suppose, the weird and the wonderful news that's happening in the canine world. Now, unfortunately, there are times as well where there's, uh, I suppose, a bit of sad news as well that happens. And, like, we have seen, and this is particularly relevant to what we we'll are talk about a bit later on today, we have seen a lot of, I suppose, attacks on children in recent years. And not even just recent years, going back many years, uh, by dogs and there was one that happened over the weekend, I believe it was in Manchester, Debbie, uh, where a young three-year-old uh, boy was killed. Do you want to tell us a bit more about that? Because you might be a bit more familiar with the circumstances than what we are here.
2: So as of right now, the police is still investigating. So we're not exactly sure uh, of how uh, you know the logistic of the accident but yes, a three-year-old boy um, was killed um, due to a dog attack. And it, it did happen near Manchester, uh, Rochdale is the town. And um, it, uh, it would appear that um, the dog had uh, previous, uh, bitten someone, previously bitten someone. So it might have a history of biting. But again, um, we don't know exactly who the dog has bitten before, if it had been children, if it had been someone else, but it would appear that the dog had a history uh, already of biting. So there was something there, something again that possibly could have been prevented. Um, but uh, going back to what you actually said at the beginning um, on the um, scene, more um, dog accidents or dog bite, we have actually definitely seen an increase lately and it seems to be almost one after another and it's, it's almost always fatality of children and it's just it's not right this has to stop we really need to do better uh, for our children and for our dogs because ultimately um they're also paying the price and it's just not not right
1: yeah and I suppose like if you look at it this way as well like it's like if there's a history there as well with the dog, like you, like you mentioned, there there may have been. Like, is this whole I suppose this notion that's there that once a dog draws blood, that he's going to do it again? Is is that actually like? Is there any real basis to that, or is it just like that? There needs to be more proper training done on both sides. Like the you need children need to be shown how to handle dogs and respect of space, and equally like dogs
2: need to be trained to be around children so it's a yes or no kind of answer in the sense that if a dog has bitten before it's very likely that the dog basically has been pushed so much and he and dogs give us plenty of signals to let us know look i've had enough now move away stop this or whatever and if we don't listen they're going to have to push harder they're going to have to tell us um, in a in a more convincing way that they want us to to move away, um, and they might bear their teeth, they might growl, um, and then ultimately, uh, obviously, is the bite. And so it's very likely uh, that this dog and other dogs that have been bitten uh, humans or other other creatures um, would have warned the person. In this case, say, would have warned the child, and uh, um, the child would not have. Uh, understood the warning as such and so um, the dog had to resort with what works best and what worked also in the past best so if a dog to kind of quickly answer your question if a dog has bitten before it is likely that it will do it again simply because it's worked out that biting did work you know it did stop the stressful situation he was in or the upsetting situation and if it worked once, then I'm going to do it again because hopefully it, it's going to work again and you're going to leave me alone. Um, so it's very likely, you know, that, that is what happened. Um, so, yeah, and uh, educating um, children, which is our, our, um, uh, one of our biggest goal, can help them to realize uh, maybe some inappropriate behavior around dogs. Um, One of the biggest one, and I'm not saying by all means that this case was the case, but one of the biggest thing I see is the goodnight kiss. So it's time to go to bed and the dog is asleep in his bed and the child goes, oh, I'm going to give him a goodnight kiss, which is what we parents do. You know, we're going and tuck the kids into bed and we give them the goodnight kiss. I I do that every night with my daughter. Before I go to bed, she's asleep and I'm going to give her my goodnight kiss. And it works fine with humans. (laughs) Um, but not with dogs. So if a dog is asleep, for instance, we really need to make sure the children leave them alone. They can always blow them a kiss, of course, um, or say good night from a distance without going to disturb a dog. And that is one of, you know, a, a, a big thing: the the um, disturbing a dog when they're asleep, for instance. Um, management in families are also is also very important. So. Make sure that parents are always, always supervising, actively supervising.
1: Okay, perfect. And we're going to come back to that, as I said, a bit later on. And we'll keep going with our little news segment now. And we have, a, I suppose it's has been weird news that we're going on to next. Um, there is a pug on TikTok that apparently people are going to. He has over 3 million followers on TikTok, this dog does. Uh, his name is Noodle. And he... Giving people their daily horoscopes apparently, a pug. Right, this is some of the weirdest news I've seen in a while, and I've seen a lot of weird dog news recently. But basically, Noodle is an old dog, and each morning her owner Jonathan wakes up uh, to see she's a walking with bones underneath her. And on a day that Noodle wakes up with bones underneath her, uh, her followers are considering this a good. It's going to be a good day, but if Noodle's Wakes up again with no bones. Jonathan, the owner, advises to take it easy and practice self-care. Now, the thing about it is. Noodle always wakes up with bones. But, like, some days she's just too tired to get up and she's all floppy. And when he picks her up, like, she just wants to go back to sleep. And apparently that's what no bones day is. So, like, I'm sorry, but, like, that's just... Not only is that weird, but that's like one of biggest cons going. Like, and has over like three million followers on TikTok for this. I, I still can't understand this whole. It's all TikTok thing. I try to post a few videos myself, and I really can't get into it. But like a dog, a pug that has three million followers for predicting people's futures—that's a bit mad, isn't it? It's <laughs> indeed. I'm laughing
2: because I have a pug. He <laughs> <You> predicts nothing.
1: <laughs> and here's the here's I suppose our wonderful news of the day. Uh there was a dog over in Texas and uh it led rescuers to a missing owner. So Sherry Knopp is sixty three. She was announced missing in uh Harris County on May fourth. And she was last seen walking her Black Labrador Max. Uh, She had been recently diagnosed with dementia, but basically, the dog, from what I can understand from this, uh, once in the area, so volunteers went looking, and once in the area, she had fallen, and the volunteers heard the barking of her dog, which actually led her, like, led the volunteers to her. So that's a wonderful story to hear. That, like It's just amazing like how dogs, I suppose, can be there and can be there for our protection and for our safety. Like, there is the other side, like you mentioned, where dogs get stressed, <laughs> you invade a personal space. Something else can go entirely wrong. But like in this case here, like you see that like this woman who went missing and the dogs barking led the volunteers to find her, which is an amazing story to hear.
2: You're really moving this is one of the things that we also talk about when especially when we're dealing with children who are scared of dogs we do highlight how much dogs really do for us um, and look at that that's amazing
1: and that's that's very true and I suppose like going into our final story for this uh, we have a report that was was a study that was done there recently and I think anyone can kind of tell this anywhere, but uh, dog owners are happier than non dog owners, a report has found. Uh, A study of 2,204 adults found that dogs benefit from the simple act of walking their canine chum and 31% feel less lonely when they go for a stroll with their pet. Uh, 69% uh, of dog owners have more meaningful interactions. And let's see, dog owners with disability are almost four times as many conversations a month than disabled people without dogs, which compares to uh uh, three interactions per month with people. And eighty one percent of dog owners attribute their social interactions and connections to their dog. Like being a dog Mm -hmm. trainer yourself, Debbie, uh what what's your view on that? Oh, I completely see that. And I see it
2: even myself I well I talk to my dogs all the time um so you know that conversation is uh, is very interesting also um but you can you know they get you out of the house first of all because you know you go for a walk and there is that uh, um that thing in common with other people or even if you they don't have dogs but they see a dog with you there is there is that oh look how cute that dog is or they start conversation about dogs and it just makes things easier. Um, in fact, I, I work with quite a lot of uh, autistic children as well that find it difficult to have uh, conversations. And very often, having the dog there helps them because there is something that takes the pressure away from themselves. It goes into the dog and then you can talk about the dog and they'll be quite happy to, to, uh, to talk about that dog. So um, again, I can, I can totally see that. Yeah, beautiful.
1: Yeah, and like I think like even going back there a few weeks ago we had uh Susie Walsh who's a dog trainer here in and dog Doctor Bob, Doctor Bobby Ortiz on as well was, and we were talking all about the benefits of dogs for mental health in that episode. And like that was again one of our like most highly downloaded episodes recently as well.
0: But mm-hmm. I know
1: for myself, like my own dogs, like the mental health benefits they provided to me like I think, and I've mentioned this even in that episode with Bobby and Susie, that, like, I actually met my uh, partner, I met my girlfriend, Jen, because of my dogs, and, like, she'll always say to me that, like, it was the dog she said yes to go out there, not me. So, like, <laughs> I, 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 I I think he definitely won her over, like Bruno did, and then we got Millie as well, so like, Millie definitely kind of won her over too, and like, I think just the bonds that dogs can actually create even be not even between human and dog, but between other humans as well. It's just amazing.
2: Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, you know, I remember a, a little, a little, um, I went out for lunch with a friend, and he didn't have a dog, so I brought my dog, and he had to wait for me outside while well, I just went inside the restaurant. Um, so he waited with the dog, and uh, he was single at the time. I was I was already married, and I I came out to get my dog back. He's like, actually, can I borrow him? two girls just stop talking to me because, because of your dog. So, going I just hang around with the dog for a while. <laughs> I'm going to have a girlfriend no time. Wow. And it was just so funny.
1: <laughs> well, that actually reminds me of my last dog. Uh, like, I had a dog years ago, Coco. And, like, it was the weirdest thing because Coco used to, like, people actually used to start calling my dog a bit of a puff because, Every girl that would go past, you just see Coco's head just literally turn around and stare right at them, at their behinds. And, like, (laughs) she was kind of... I suppose back then, like, this was before I met Jen, this was a few years before that, and she was meant to be, like, I suppose my little wing dog, as I called it back then, but I was like, oh, my God, dude, you're embarrassing me. Stop. Stop doing this, please. And I suppose there was another day that, like, I was down in the university here in Limerick, and she actually... I threw a frisbee. Now the frisbee got caught in the wind. And it went the completely wrong way. And I was like, oh, oh. there was a girl like walking past. I was like, oh God, oh shit. This is going to end really badly. And luckily the frisbee didn't hit her. <laughs> but Coco Lily just tore straight through and turned upside down just to get the frisbee. Like Coco walks oh my- over and see, are you okay? Yeah, you're great." I got off my frisbee. And I'm just like,
2: what the hell happened? <laughs> yeah. But, it, but that's it, one like, one way of meeting friends. <laughs> Making friends
1: well or... it, it, it did spark up a conversation at the time already, yeah. like, but like it's it is amazing how dogs can actually like do that. She's looking at me then like the dog is like, see I helped you. Yeah. And it's like, <laughs> oh God, this is so embarrassing. But anyway, that is our I suppose a bit extended, uh weird and wonderful for this week. And next up we will have our health hub and to do that we go over to three vets to talk to Siobhan O'Neill and welcome to this week's health hub and this week the health hub is brought to you by Tree veterinary clinic in Limerick and i am delighted to be joined on the line now by uh, Tree vet, vet, uh, vets Dr Siobhan O'Neill uh, Siobhan how are you doing today
3: I'm doing really well Dara thanks for having me on the show
1: Delighted to have you on. Okay, so we'll dive straight into it, I suppose. Uh, First thing, uh, I suppose, I want to talk to you today. Now that we're getting into the height of the summer season, it's something that I actually saw with Millie myself uh, last year and even a bit earlier on this year where she got a sting of a bee. Okay. like, obviously, this time of year, you have a high count of pollen as well. So would you just run through a few of the things that affect our dog's in terms of pollen, in terms of the likes of bee stings, and how to actually deal with those?
3: Sure, no problem. So yeah, you're absolutely right. This time of year, we are actually seeing a lot of um, dogs with bee stings. Um, Usually, what you would see is um, a swelling, either in the leg or the face, wherever they get stung by the bee. Sometimes you can hear the dog yelp. Um, and usually it, um, if once they bring the dog, they'd ring, the, ring up the clinic and we can give them some advice over the phone. Um, and very rare occasions they can have an anaphylactic reaction, which is very, a life threatening reaction. So we need to see the dog straight away. It would be an emergency, but usually it would be a swelling. Um, if the dog is chasing the bee or playing with the bee, it's usually around the paw or somewhere around the mouth. Um, and we can give uh, some medications to reduce the swelling and take away the, the sting.
0: Life is full of delicious moments. Like when a big table of friends feels like a big table of family. Or when the meal you made and shared brings in all the likes on your feed. That's why Carando offers premium meatballs, delicious, savored meatballs made with real Italian flavors. To help you savour the big and small moments that make life so good carando life is delicious savor it for recipes and more visit carando.com real italian flavors are fresh authentic and never come in a bag like carando premium meatballs our savored meatballs are made from 100 percent pork and blended with zest italian herbs spices and cheeses delivering that perfect balance of fresh flavor you crave from mozzarella rustica to cheesy abruzzese to spicy Sicilian, you'll find Carando meatballs in the refrigerated meat section of your grocer. Carando. Life is delicious. Savour it. For recipes and more, visit carando.com.
3: So that's really with the beastings, But yeah, the the one thing that I would say there is that it can be um, it can be life-threatening if the dog is having an anaphylactic reaction to that.
1: Perfect. And in the case that one of, I suppose, seasonal allergies with the uh, Obviously, like, last year, we saw a very high count of pollen around this time, and from what I gather, they're saying that, like, they're expecting that kind of wave of pollen to hit a bit later this year, because, like, there hasn't been much dry weather, and that comes with, like, the likes of cotton and grass and all, from what I understand. I'm a culture myself, yeah. but I'm not that much of a culture, I know all that, but... <laughs> Oh, I've heard
3: that as well. But there is, I think, there is later on in the summer there will be a high, there will be a high pollen count as well. So we are going to be seeing pollen allergies and things like that as well, okay. for sure.
1: And what then? Like, what are some of the symptoms to watch out for with regards to seasonal allergies?
3: So there's lots of different types of seasonal allergies. Um, the reactions that dogs have to allergens are slightly different to humans. Um, seasonal allergies can include itchy skin um ear infections or recurring ear infections um, sneezing or what we call reverse sneezing which people can be quite um they're not sure what reverse sneezing is um and it sounds like the dog is choking but it's actually it's just we call it a reverse sneeze um, swollen eyes very red eyes and also a nasal discharge or what we would call a runny nose so these are all signs of seasonal allergies Okay. Also what we see is in, you know, if a dog was walking on fr- freshly cut grass, um, you know, seasonal, allerg- seasonal allergies can be grass, pollens, um, trees, um, moles, all these type of things. Um, if a dog is walking on freshly cut grass and they come in and they're licking and licking and licking and chewing and chewing at their paws, um, that's another sign of seasonal allergies. So it's very, very important to make sure that if your dog is chewing at the feet or um, uh, if there's very redness in between the toes or if there's moistness in the toes, that you keep the the dog off the grass for about three to four days and also make sure to give them a good rinse down. The feet you have to have a good, good rinse down and a good dry off before they come inside.
1: Okay, perfect, one. And obviously, Shwan, yeah. at at this time of year as well, like... Uh... It's real flea and tick season as well. Now, obviously, dogs can get fleas, uh, pets in general can get fleas all year round, but it's more they're more prone to it during the summer season. Am I correct?
3: Um, absolutely, yes. Especially ticks, and we're seeing a lot of ticks ar- earlier on this year. Um, now, if a do- if an itchy dog came in to me to came in to see me, first of all, I would rule out um, parasites. So, external parasites. Now, that can include fleas um so external parasites we can see with our with our eyes or we would have to see under a microscope so that would include include fleas which we can see ticks um harvest mites and ear mites we can see all uh, well we can see all these things um with our you know the vet can see these and uh, prescribe appropriate um prescription only medications for these things i would never advise anyone to try and remove a tick themselves because they can cause more injury to the dog or the cat and then we would have the other parasites which are microscopic which you cannot see and there's a few different types of mange mites um and also um there's lice as well you can see lice with your own eyes that's like a walking dandruff Um, So we have to rule all these out before we can actually diagnose seasonal allergies. And it's really, really important. I can't stress how important it is to use a good preventative um, parasite treatment either every month. We provide monthly treatments or every three months. And this can be in topical form um, where you place um, a small amount of liquid at the back of the head or it can be in tablet form there's lots of different types we can give and we assess each each dog and cat individually and rabbits and guinea pigs and all the small little furries they all need them as well um we assess them all individually and then um come up with a tailored plan for what they need and then we, we would send reminders out monthly and every three months depending on what what product we use
1: okay that's fantastic and that's really good information if you feel that your dog has a serious allergy obviously the best advice is to contact your vet at once.
3: absolutely for sure so once we've reeled out um external parasites um then we can get into the allergens is is it a seasonal allergy is it a um, environmental allergy is it a food allergy oh. Um, the food and the environmental allergies sometimes we can change the it can be down to nutrition and that's very important Um, so sometimes I would just recommend trialing a veterinary veterinary prescription diet like a, a dermal diet a skin diet or a hypoallergenic diet now you would have to use this diet for at least six weeks before you would see any results and the dog can, or cat can have no other treats unless they are hypoallergenic um, along with these type of diets we can use lots of different types of medications there's lots of medications that we can use for skin um, allergies so the chewing of the feet the redness of the belly the so or the redness around the face the itchy ears the chron- uh, what we say chronic itchy ears is just recurring ear infections the ears are basically an extension of the skin um we can try it's really trial and error so we can try them on tablets um, different tablet- types of tablets and then we would see them back every week and then see them back in two weeks time and just see how they're getting on we can give injections there's different types of injections that we can get monthly injections um so there's lots of different things that we can do but we have to assess every single patient individually every single patient is different
1: okay that's fantastic information and we'll leave it there yeah. Siobhan and yeah. thanks ever so much for joining us today Dr Siobhan no O'Neill problem. from Treaty Vets on the health here to the Big Back Okay, and thank you again to Siobhan Anilia from Tree He Thanks to all the team at Tree He And it, I suppose, like, they do such good work. Even uh, Millie there recently, she decided to fight with Bumblebee. And, like, they were able to get her on antibiotics. Her nose got all swollen. They were able to get her on antibiotics. And, like, at least, like, she's completely healed now, so... She she's been a bit stoned at times because she's literally been lying there with her legs up in the air and like are you are you all right there like and, but <laughs> <laughs> she's loving life anyway and she's back to herself and anyway now we're going to move on and Debbie we're going to talk about our main topic today which is and we touched on already in our in our newsroom but it's all about kids around dogs and helping kids to actually live with dogs and respect our personal space. So Debbie, like as you mentioned, you got into this because you saw there was no real there was no one really doing this in the UK and it is a big thing in the UK and like respecting a dog's space is like not even just for kids, for adults as well. It's so important.
2: Indeed, yes, yes, yes. Obviously we, we concentrate on children, um and the idea is because they they well They sometimes listen more (laughs) than Um, grown-ups. At least they listen to someone else that is not their parents, (laughs) I should say. Um, But also, you know, children are our future, aren't they? So if we start with them, um, hopefully then they grow up to be uh, more savvy around dogs and to respect them more and to understand them more and to just, you know, have more empathy towards them. So, yeah, that's why we concentrate on children. But undoubtedly, uh, parents learn as well and school teachers and um, other professionals. So, yes, uh, adults also should learn more.
1: Okay, and we're coming into the summer now. Like, we've been focusing a lot about summer in our last couple of episodes because mm-hmm. the weather's getting nicer. But it also means that children are going to be off school as well. So there will be a lot more, I suppose, canine-human interaction there. And, like, how, how do you teach your children to actually... How do you actually teach a child to actually respect the dog's face? How do you teach them... Like, you have a model, obviously... How do do you teach them to actually interact with dogs and respect their space so that they can live side by side together?
2: So the first thing I would say that we we do is to teach children very, very basic uh, canine body language. Very basic things. They don't have to turn into experts. Although, um, to be fair, they will learn more than the average dog handler out there. So, yes, they they will learn quite a good uh, a good um they will have quite a good knowledge of canine body language so by knowing even just a few um uh, a few signals they'll know that that dog is not happy uh, with that situation so they'll understand okay that dog is doing that so i need to move away uh, for instance if uh, the dog turns around uh, that is not an invitation to follow but that is actually a way of, for the dog to say can you please stay away from me. Um, then say that they want to to pet a dog, which is a very common thing. Um, and it's always the the question of, of can uh can you be polite and ask the owner? Um but also ask the dog. So, yes, go to the owner and say, "Oh, can I please pet your dog?" And if the owner says yes, um then have a look at the dog. So that Canine body language is always there, always uh, kind of in the background anyway. Um, And we also show them where they should pet a dog. For instance, um, the usual hand on top of the head of the dog is not always appreciated by dogs, so we don't recommend it, but rather the chest or uh, or under the mouth, that's really nice, or the back of the dog. Uh, Stay away from the tail, stay away from the paws, and unless the dog is your dog is extremely familiar, um, then stay away from the belly as well. So um, show them where the, pet, the dog should be petted is also um, uh, one of the things that we uh, show children to do. Um, and the other thing is that you might find that a lot of dogs are also uh, let off the lead. and they um, And again, with more children around, they might get overexcited or might not be... Too familiar with so many um, children, or even children that are a bit, um, you know, they're a bit more fidgety children. So um, a dog might get a little bit over enthusiastic and uh, go and check check them out, even jump at uh, children. That's quite common. Uh, first thing I would say, get a trainer <laughs> and uh, uh, train your dog not to do that. And if your dog is the kind of dog that uh, at the moment they still runs off and jumps at people. Keep them on the lead and do the work necessary. Um, and from the child's point of view, instead, we use the uh, be a statue pose. That's when they stand up, cross their arm over their chest, lower their head, and just wait for the dog to to get bored of them and to then move away. So that way, the child feels more in control of the situation as well.
1: Okay, and like. Even just there, like, you mentioned about, like, asking the owner for permission. Now, there's one thing that I've actually noticed quite a lot, and it's in the dog park in Limerick. And I, like, I find it very unusual, like, where inside the dog park, it's now, I can't really even call it a dog park, to be honest. It's literally just a field of muck. But when it first opened last year, I noticed that, like, there were people, like, the parents were outside the fence. And they were just leaving their children like inside, just running around with all these different dogs. Like up to 15, 20 dogs where people, these children have probably never met these dogs before. Don't know what they're like and trying to run up to every dog. Like what would you, what do you say to parents in, in that case?
2: So Yeah, so it uh, goes back to supervise your children. And by not just being there is not enough. So actively supervising so in, in this case say that I were to, to be at the dog park I'll be um, and you're desperate to be in with the dogs um, then you're gonna have to hold your hand your, the child's hand as well um, and if they're a bit too old to hold your hand then just be with them but don't just riot and, uh, and run around um, a bunch of dogs that they don't even know. Um, It's just not safe um, and it could also be a little bit irresponsible in a way. So be there with your child. They could actually maybe uh, take the child out of the fence and say, let's observe the dog. What are the dogs doing? Let's talk about this. Uh, The dog playing, uh, the dog tired. Um, Do you think all the dogs are happy? So they can point out a little bit of the um, canine body language. To to do something with the dogs is still like um, something to do with them, uh, but in a much more, um, a much safer way and more positive as well.
1: Ideal. And Debbie, um, even just looking on your website here, on on your resources, you have something called the Steps of Fear. Now, this really kind of goes into like canine body language. So can you talk us through some of the, I suppose, some of the actual body language? that if say for example if a child doesn't understand if even the parents can understand and get their child away from what could be a, a, a like an escalating situation before mm-hmm. like a it, before it's too late
2: yeah so yes the, the uh steps of fear i should say um that although they follow if you go on our website uh, kidsarounddogs.co the uk is one of the free resources and uh, um Although it, takes, it does look like the dog escalates from uh, specific points to others, Is not always the case. So it's not always the same anyway for all dogs. Uh, one dog might uh, lick their lips as a first sign of stress, while one dog might scratch as a first sign of stress. So it, it depends on the dog but the, uh, the steps of fear kind of give you um, uh, a general idea of some of the steps the dogs can take. Um, and yeah, so uh, as I mentioned before, for instance, uh, lip licking is something that my pug does, I will call, when uh, he's not too happy, uh, let's say, that's one of his uh, uh, go-to signals, he's gonna lick his lips. Uh, my gold retriever Winnie instead, she has the scratch, she scratches herself. When things are a bit too stressful for her, you just she just sits there and starts scratching herself for apparent, apparently no reason, but it's actually her saying, ah, a bit much, guys, I need some time out. Um, and that is a, a definitely her go-to signal, a sign. So um, it'd be interesting to observe um, everyone's dog, your own dog, and have a little look. So what does your dog do? do normally when it is not too happy um, some dogs have a very clear i'm just going to walk away from this uh, way of of talking to us literally by turning their back at us if they're on the lead turning their head uh, if they're off the lead they might just take off and just walk away um, and if that's the case is not an invitation to follow the dog And if the dog sits and turns their head as well, we should never pressure the dog to do what he doesn't want to. So say that a child goes, oh, can I pet your dog? And the dog sits and turns his head away or moves his body away. Um, We shouldn't go, come on, come on, um, Bruno, (laughs) your dog, come on, Bruno, go give the child a cuddle. We shouldn't do that because the dog said no. So we shouldn't force the dog to do something he doesn't want to do. Because then he might resort to going up the steps and and take uh, further um, use further signals until then he reaches the worst ones, uh, because he's just been pushed too much.
1: Yeah, very true. And also, Debbie, I suppose on the other end of the scale, there is also body language that uh, give off that they are, I suppose, readily acceptable, like to uh, mm-hmm. like hogs or like. Uh, like rubs or even like obviously belly rubs as well Dogs, like mm-hmm. I know my own two dogs absolutely love that but what are some of the signals that dogs can give us uh, where they're okay with being approached
2: so um, if you're in doubt or if you think oh what should I look for uh, you can also do a consent game so first of all um, if the dog approaches you that's you know that's all right isn't it we didn't push ourselves into the dog, is the dog that chose to come to us, so that's quite nice. Um, and then you can give them a cuddle, for example, on the back, as I said before, and count to three. So give them a cuddle, one, two, three, and then take your hand away and see what the dog does. If the dog leans, in, leans into you or uh, kind of pushes himself into you, my pug Wilco scratches with his paw when he wants more, those are all signs that goes, yeah, I like that, can you carry on, please? <laughs> Um, if instead the dog kind of freezes or, or walks away or again turns his head away or, or uh, yawn, for example, as well, then I might be mm, actually, can you stop that? I don't, I don't want you to carry on. And so we should respect that. And, OK, I understand. Thank you so much. <laughs> See you later. Um, so, yes, yeah, so the, the dog can tell us as well in, in, uh, in those ways um, that he's enjoying an interaction.
1: That's brilliant. And, okay, Debbie, so any, I suppose, any final tips that you'd provide to uh, to dog owners and, like, for to help their children interact with uh, dogs? What would be your number one tip?
2: So my number one tip, I talked about it before, but supervision is definitely number one. Um, be actively supervised. So if you're on your phone, for example, texting or or uh, uh, being on social media that's not active supervision because you're distracted so you're not actually watching the kids and dogs and the other thing is management so um, in your house use stair gates use playpen you know you use those things because they're really really a life saving sometimes you know you just put um, a stair gate somewhere and then you can keep the dog and, and child separate for a bit while the dog has, does something else, has a nap or munches on a ball or whatever, and the child can play and uh, watch TV or whatever, <laughs> you know, does his homework as if. Um, and uh, um, so that way the parents can also relax a little bit because um, they can, you know, they can actually do something else, even cooking or, or, again, being on social media or whatever, but they don't have that stress of having to, actively supervising all the time because the dog is somewhere else and it's and it's fine
1: fantastic okay so thanks again debbie for all that information that was really helpful uh, thank you very quickly before we wrap up we're going to name our dog friendly business of the week and that is courageous cafe in Courages Carbon park out in county limerick So I'll be dropping out a lovely uh, window decal to you guys in the next couple of weeks to let you know you have been our dog friendly best of the week. And I suppose the final thing is, oh yeah, don't forget they do, they do puppuccinos. Lovely puppuccinos out in uh, chase there. Mm -hmm. So be sure to drop into one and the lads outside there and you'll get your puppuccino for your puppies. Uh, So. Over the next few weeks we'll be doing our Big Bark Dog of the Week and we will be picking people from social media, from our Instagram page uh, for like their dogs to be Dog of the Week. We'll have a few points announced for that over the coming weeks and we'll be putting more, more details on that on our Instagram page later this week as well. So that's really all the time that we have today. We actually have, that's quite a long episode that we have today. And Debbie, thanks again for joining us today. It was a pleasure having you on.
2: Oh, thank you so much for having me. So lovely chatting to you.
1: No problem. And okay, so next week we'll have P. back, as I mentioned, at the top of the show. We'll have him back just to chat about everything that's happened with Dogitude. We had a brilliant episode last week with him, so we're going to have him back on again. And I think we could probably record four or five episodes the amount that we had talked last week as well uh don't forget our competition is still going on over on instagram and if you want to listen to this podcast you can do it on our website thebigbar.ie. you can find us on spotify itunes amazon music and anywhere that you get your podcasts really and don't forget to follow us on instagram on facebook and on twitter you'll find us at the big bar podcast there listen thanks everyone for joining us this week and thanks again to debbie and we'll chat to you next week. Have a great week and give your dogs lots of for us.
0: The Big Bark Listen up dog owners It's for you all you
1: canine lovers It's your favourite podcast The Big Bark with your host Dara Burke and canine co-host Bruno and Millie The Big Bark